Hi, this is Jody Salvo. Welcome to the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition's podcast. Today on our show, I'm joined with Natalie Bolin, the Executive Director of the Alcohol, Drug Addiction, and Mental Health Services Board, or better known as the Adams Board of Tuscarawas County. Um, Tim Wicks, Supervisor at Supervising Counselor at Personal and Family Counseling Services. And Miles Riley, Director of Marketing at Dover Community Mental Health Services Healthcare. Our guests will be discussing mental health and substance use issues that might have emerged or been exacerbated during COVID-19. Our guests from the behavioral health field are all committed to helping persons understand the importance of addressing mental health issues and educating the community on the resources and treatment services available in our county. I'm confident that after our time together today, we will all gain a greater understanding of the impact that COVID-19 might be having on persons' mental health. We learn how we can better support others, ideas on how to cope with stressors that might we might be facing, and learn about resources and services available in, in Tuscarawas County. So first, welcome, guys. I'm so glad you're here today. Um, I'm going to just ask, let's start with who you are, a little bit about you, and what do you do in the community? So I'm Natalie Bolin, and as Jody said, I'm the director at the Alcohol, Drug, Mental Health Board. Um, the Adams Board is similar to like a board of developmental disability, and their population is working with individuals with a developmental disability. The Adams Board is a division of county government that our charge is to make sure we have a system of care in Tuscarawas and Carroll counties that meets the mental health and addiction needs of all of our residents from youth to adults. Great. And Miles. Yeah, Miles Riley with Community Mental Health Care and Community Family Health Center, um, providing behavioral health, outpatient behavioral health. Um, we also have primary care and dental services available at the health center. Um, mostly serving uh, the Medicaid population, but we do take uh, uh, Medicare. Uh, we have private insurance and we have a sliding fee scale uh, as well. Um, that's just a short list of what we <laughs> offer. There's a lot more that we that we do, but um, we can probably get into that a little bit later. Absolutely. Thanks, Miles. And Tim? Uh, well, first and foremost, I'm a counselor at Personal and Family Counseling. I do see clients and talk to people about what's going on in their lives. Sure. And then I oversee the office-based department and consult with the other counselors. So I'm kind of a counselor to the counselors, supporting them and helping them through this difficult time as well. We see people from the ages of two up until, you know, 99. Sure. And you know what? I know we'll get into this mm -hmm. later, but that being a counselor of counselors is probably just a very important um, position right now. Um, because, you know, I think a one of the conversations we're going to have in a future podcast is also with teachers and you figure the weight of counselors providing services in this time, meaning they still might have their own children in the home and they're balancing their own issues um, in light of, you know, trying to meet the needs out in the community. Same with teachers, you mm -hmm. know, they're teaching classrooms and yet they have their kids, kiddos at home. And, you know, there's just a lot that goes on with uh, the present situation. So we appreciate the work y'all do um, because it really does make a difference in our community. So thank you again for being here. I want to first start by just asking, what are you seeing right now in the midst of this COVID situation in regards to mental health issues? And you know what? I'm going to take that back one step. Do you want to explain mental health issues? Because I still sometimes think, you know, we throw out the word mental health issues. And I still think we're in a society where 
we're not as accepting as in, in the language of mental health as we are, say, in physical health. Um, so anyone want to go? Yeah, I, I had a great opportunity to work with a class at Dover High School. Uh, Mrs. Dunlap um, invited me in to um, kind of judge uh, a debate that they had about mental health. And the language that they were using was was I was wiggling in my chair as I was listening to them because they were really categorizing mental health as as higher level uh, or more intense uh, levels of mental health issues as schizophrenia and, mm-hmm. and bipolar and things like that. Um, you know, we don't, we do see that obviously, but I think the majority of the cases and the majority of the people come to our, uh, seek our services are dealing more with depression, anxiety, grief, uh, family counseling, um, and things like that. So I would say that that's the bigger bulk of, of what we see. Um, not saying that we don't see the other sure, people, but I sure. think there's a, a misunderstanding of exactly what mental health is. It isn't always a, a diagnosis. It sometimes it's a, it's a, situation uh, that you're learning to cope with. And I think that's such a good point, Jody. I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that relates a lot to the stigma Mm -hmm. in the community that we may see connected to mental health. Um, Historically, media has done us no favors in portraying mental health. I was at a training a couple years back and and the presenter posted on the screen examples in TV shows and movies of what mental health looks like. And one of the examples that he posted was the movie from Patch Adams. And if you remember at the movie, at the end of the movie, one of the most beloved characters um, gets attacked by a person with schizophrenia. And if you don't have um, the exposure that we have, then that kind of becomes what your um, scope is when you think about mental health. But I just want to echo what Miles said, that absolutely we have individuals with schizophrenia, with bipolar disorder, and they're managing it very well. But the the majority of what we see, the majority of individuals that walk through the, the door of our treatment providers um, have lower level symptoms that everybody faces. Mm. It could be a depression. It could be an anxiety. It could be an adjustment to a life stressor. And I just, as a and as an Adams Board director, I'm always really concerned that the stigma that we have out there prevents the people that really would benefit from treatment from coming in. Okay. I think this is a great conversation just to get us started because, um, is it fair enough? Um, I'm sitting around with behavioral healthcare experts to say mental health crisis is are common to man and will most likely we will all experience this at one point in our life. Life is tough. I mean, you know, life can be a roller coaster. You have times that you thank God, you know, for the wonderful day that you had. And then you have times where you think, how in the world am I going to get through this? And that's just life. Um, And sometimes the support systems and the resources that we have around our personal lives are enough. And sometimes you just need a little bit more to get through it. And I think the other thing that I want to say um, is oftentimes when people come in for treatment, it's not years of treatment. Sure. It's a handful of sessions. And maybe Tim could even speak a little bit to that. Absolutely. Sometimes there are times in life that we just need somebody that we need to be talking to, that we have things that we need to be working out and that we need a safe place to do that. And we want to do that with a professional in a confidential setting. That's just as straightforward as that sometimes. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Let's get into this whole COVID crisis situation that we're in right now, because um, definitely we are, I'm assuming, experiencing increased mental health issues in relation to this. Is that correct? Yes. We're seeing it on the 
in the in the media, on the radio, on the television, and we're hearing it from people as well. People are drinking a little bit more as they're staying home. People are worried. They're thinking about what they're hearing and afraid of what's going to happen. Sure. And what we've seen locally is there was a, a bit of a decline um, right when the pandemic hit and people weren't engaging in services as quickly. But now what I'm understanding is we're seeing a little bit more of an uptick in people reaching out and, and using telehealth as a treatment service. Can you explain telehealth a little bit? We've, we're adopting that. Um, we're not turning anybody away who would show up at our office for an appointment. Um, just to make that clear at the beginning. But we've rescheduled just about everybody to either do uh, telephone um, or video conferencing. We're seeing more people be comfortable with telephone rather than the video conferencing. I don't know if that's a learning curve. Um, I don't know how that breaks down age-wise. I don't know if older population may have trouble with that. Um, I know my eight-year-old nephew has no problem uh, with with interacting with his friends uh, during this time, uh, playing Fortnite and yelling sure. at each other. But uh, they just have a different exposure and a different uh, upbringing with that technology. Um, we're also doing primary care uh, through that uh, same process. So, um, and they're seeing the same thing. And it's a little bit of a struggle uh, to get people onto the on video conferencing, uh, even though that's uh, easier for them to help and diagnose um, issues. But um, we have seen a, not a huge decline. Obviously, we've seen our numbers go down a little bit um, as an agency, but I think that's uh, was to be expected, but not nearly as as much as we thought. Um, so the telephone conferencing has helped a lot. Cool. Yeah, it's normal to be nervous about starting counseling in a regular situation where you're going to an office and you're meeting somebody new and you're opening up. So I think the anxiety about I'm going to meet this person on the video conference who I don't even know and maybe tell some of my story too can be an anxiety provoking thing but we try to make it as easy as possible if you're comfortable giving us your email we can send you a link and you just click on the link and we open up the the program right then and there and it's just like we're meeting in person awesome okay I was just kind of reflecting on the, the times we're experiencing right now and um, I think what helps people function at a level that's, you know, normal in our everyday life is usually having protective factors, meaning, you know, you can go to the gym, you can go to your church, you can go to your AA group. Have you all thought about some of those losses and the implications that's having to persons in the community? Um, well, for individuals, even that tend to function at a pretty um, healthy level. I healthy think, level. I, I used the wrong word there. <laughs> I, I think that um, this isolation, this lack of being around other people, the lack of having a gym that, that you go to or, um, you know, just hanging out with your support system and your friends is having a huge and significant impact. So for the people that, that were um, struggling with whether it was a, a biological mental health issue prior or just a life stressor prior, um, the fact that you add isolation on top of that and you kind of have a, a perfect storm sure. brewing. Sure, sure. Um, what can people do in their own homes if they're feeling feelings of anxiety or depression? Do you have any tips, takeaways? I think it starts with some of the basics. You know, drinking water is one of the things. Proper hydration lowers anxiety that gets cortisol levels 
down and helps us start to relax. Singing together is a good thing. I'm hearing about that, you know, getting out the karaoke machine that we got at Christmas. Should we and, all try that right and, now, guys? And that's okay. really a good thing because singing puts you in the present moment. Okay. You know, anxiety lives in the past. Anxiety lives in the future. But if we get here and now and we're doing something like that, that's joyful together, that starts to lower anxiety levels. Plus, we're doing it together in a way that we connect. Neat. Yeah. I just learned something right now. I, th Thanks, I think Tim. also you have the increased screen time. Uh, and this endless scrolling of Facebook and social media. And I, I, that's just not a healthy way. The mind can't take information in like that all the time. You're spending hours and hours on uh, social media or your phone and scrolling. Uh, that's not that menial task that is so important to mental health. You know, sometimes folding laundry is healthier than scrolling through Facebook. Um, it allows your brain to rest a little bit. Um, there's a old, um, I think it's from thirties, um, uh, an essay called the importance of loafing. Um, and it's emphasizing this Chinese practice of, of taking time in your day to intentionally loaf and just not do anything to let the mind rest, let your body rest. Um, sounds like I've adopted that pretty, <laughs> maybe too much, uh, but, um, but that, that can include, like I said, folding laundry or doing the dishes and just kind of keeping um, that social media and putting the phone down, uh, letting your mind kind of wander uh, can also be a good release, I think, for anxiety, too. Um, and the other thing that I want to add is I think we have to be aware of if we since we are isolated, what we do choose to expose ourselves to. So if you're already a little bit struggling with feeling sad and lonely, be aware of what movie you're playing. Mm -hmm. Be aware of what book you're reading. Be aware of what music you're listening to. Um, you you want to be aware of what you're putting in and what plant that's going to water. So if you have um, a lot of anxiety, maybe you do want to listen to a little bit more mellow music. If you have a lot of depression, then you are going to want to find a, a movie that has a, a more positive message. Um, this may sound silly, but... One of the things that's been really helpful to me is comedians, watching a, a show on Netflix of a comedian because it gets me focused on something other than the fact that I am alone and they are purposefully trying to make me laugh. And that's not a bad thing. These are great tips, guys. Very and, fun. And I think for parents, if you have kids, take the opportunity to let your kids teach you how to play. Mm-hmm. Let them instruct you on how they want to play together. Let them be the boss in that kind of situation. Give them a sense of control. Nice. And I think when you were just saying about help your kids play, um, I think if we can reframe some of our situation, that there are opportunities in the midst of this per present situation, you know, I mean, when else do we have time like this with our families? We don't, you know, our society, we've kind of given up this time. So intentionally putting in, you know, that work into our family and playing together. Yes. You know, I want to add this too, though. Um, as a working mom who's still working from home and office and with three kids mm. at home, I think that, you know, we may expect ourselves if we're not doing all of the things that we need to do to water our, you know, to build our sure. family relationships, that we're feeling guilty that everyone else is doing it correctly. Um, I was watching or, or listening to someone else and, and they were talking about how their friend was um, so frustrated that, you know, their daughter had their hour of TV time today and she didn't know what to do with her now that the hour of TV time was done. And the friend said to her, 
this is a pandemic. You are stuck at home. There is no hour of TV time at this point. Everything that you need to do right now to get your family through this, just do this. Don't feel guilt if you're not having these um, life-changing family moments. Your goal is to just get through this intact and and focus on you know the, however long it takes to get out of quarantine. It's funny that you say that because I think I had my mental health moment um, breakdown this Saturday. And it's interesting because if anyone knows me, I'm usually a pretty positive person. So I don't typically hit that melancholy times, but I did on Saturday. I just really was struggling with the whole day. And it was that very point you just mentioned that I had all these preconceived thoughts in my head of how useful I should spend my time right now. And I literally had to come to the conclusion that I needed to let those go. And as soon as I did, I was fine by Sunday, but Saturday was a rough day because I was thinking all the should haves, must, Mm -hmm. all those things that I thought I needed to do. So I think that's very wise, you know, us just coming to, this is an unprecedented time and, you know, there's no right way to get through this. Just Yeah, just give ourselves a break. Okay. Well, you guys have absolutely thrown out some wonderful coping mechanisms for us to navigate this. Um, I want to next ask, what can we do if we know someone that's struggling? Uh, maybe someone that might even have a past history with anxiety, depression, maybe might be a little bit more isolated. Do you have any thoughts? First thought is to be proactive and... If you can, take the time to call somebody and just find out how they're doing to express genuine care. But if you are aware that somebody is has a tendency to struggle, they might be somebody that you want to make a point to be intentional about calling and just checking in with them. Okay, great. Yeah, I've... I've, I grew up... I, I guess I consider myself pretty lucky. My group of friends have always been very open about talking about issues at home or or just their own depression or their own struggles as they go through life. Um, and we've always kept that in the open conversation since, since high school. And here I am nearing 80. Um, <laughs> they, uh, we still make that a pretty top, pretty normal conversation for us. So um, I'd make it a joke. I call uh, at least two of my buddies every day and just say, this is a wellness check. See how you're doing. FaceTime awesome. that for about a half hour until we have nothing else to talk about. Um, or I'm tired of, my one buddy puts his phone down and they stare at the ceiling while we're talking. I said, well, I'd like to see your face, bud. <laughs> um, but that's been really, that's been a nice way to connect with people, FaceTime, Google Hangouts. We had one uh, Google Hangout with 18 of my friends wow. at one time, uh, and it was a complete disaster. Uh, but we laughed, and it was great, and we talked for about two hours as a group. Nice. And um Yeah, they gave me, even a couple days after that, you're still like, that was, that was pretty awesome. Um, but I think... I mean, I'm, I do have a couple friends that I, um, no struggle. Um, and it's just exactly like you said, be proactive. Uh, don't let the phone set too long. Uh, just give them a call and, and make sure they're doing okay. Nice. I think I've had people call me in those situations and I know what that impact is. Um, so don't underestimate what that phone call could be. I think that's one of the beauties that you've seen in our community and, and in a state and a nation, um, people caring for other people. And I just think it's so important. And, um, you know, I think we just need to be mindful about, you know, making sure we're looking out and and just being intentional and caring about people. So, and the only thing I would add, my, my daughter turned eight on Saturday 
And she had been planning for the past six months different versions of her birthday party um, full of people and themes and I mean it it changed but she was she went all in with with her planning and then knowing that there was going to be no party so I reached out I just sent kind of a mass text to all of our friends and support system and I asked I'd seen a lot of people do the the birthday parade um and so I had her outside on Saturday and people were driving by and they oh, were either dropping so it, it so my, I went from thinking that this is probably trying to prevent her from feeling disappointed on her birthday to thinking this is going to be one of the best Most birthdays of her ones. life. Yeah. Um, and there were, you know, there weren't tremendous, I, I don't mean to make it sound this way, but they were small, just tokens of love for her. And I thought how impactful that was just to have people take 10 minutes out of their day. Some of them gave her a candy bar. Some of them gave her, you know, a little activity pad, but it was something small that showed that they cared about her. So um, I guess my point in that is, is even if you're not a phone person, or even if you're not comfortable with FaceTime, just giving, taking a little time, going to the store and finding something to drop off on someone's porch, not only does that feel good for you, the giver, but how awesome for the person to know that someone put that effort in. Absolutely. Very neat. Okay. Next question. If someone is feeling really overwhelmed at this point, that those techniques, tips that you've kind of thrown out there, you know, music, uh, exercise, drinking the cold water, um, still might not be enough. What, what should someone do or what can someone do? I kind of want to just get to what resources services do we have here in our county and how do people access them? They are certainly welcome to call and schedule an appointment. We have counselors that uh, have available appointments to do the telehealth. And I would also encourage them to consider contacting their physician or consider the need for medication if, you know, what is going on is impacting sleep, impacting appetite, impacting thoughts that just aren't going away. Okay. Um, and you said thoughts that are going to go away. Let's just talk about suicide here. Have we seen an increase in that here in the county? Um, what do we need to know if someone is feeling really desperate? I could talk. You can go. I was looking up the, I don't want to say the wrong numbers when I got to that part. Of what I was go say. ahead, Miles. Um, but... At CMH, we have uh, 24-hour crisis intervention services, uh, and those are still operational. Uh, the doors are still open, so if you want to come in uh, and meet with somebody face-to-face, we can still do that. Um, we also have a five-bed stabilization unit at our Dover location, um, and that's still operational as well. Obviously, with proper screening uh, going on before uh, people are admitted uh, fully to go into that uh, community back there. but. Um, I'm going to look up these phone numbers because I don't have them off the top of my head. Um, so if you want to talk a little bit more. So we were concerned at the beginning of April that we might be seeing an uptick in suicides in Tuscarawas County, at least not necessarily in Carroll. Um, there have not been any additional that I'm aware of suicides um, over the past two weeks, but we, we continue to pay really close attention to that. And when we saw that, we kind of rallied our troops and pulled together a plan about what we could do to provide some outreach for people that we know are at risk. Um, you know, we as a, as a mental health system are continually trying to get the community to understand mental health is the same as physical health. 
Um, just as when you're developing something like strep throat. And in the beginning, if you, you know, you just want to wait and write it out and see if you can get through this, if it's going to get worse and time goes by and days goes by, days go by and the symptoms get worse and you end up suffering and recovery takes longer because you've delayed treatment. Mm -hmm. And it's the same type of thing with mental health. I, I just want to really encourage everyone to be aware of what we call your baseline in the mental health field, how you typically feel, um, you know, either in the middle of the pandemic or prior to the pandemic. And when you see yourself starting to move away from that, if you're sleeping less or sleeping more, um, if you're more irritable, if your appetite's increasing or decreasing, those can all be symptoms that you're moving away of whatever your typical baseline is. And the sooner you can recognize that and the sooner you can get into services, the less um, lengthy your services are going to tend to be. Miles, did you find those resources? Yeah. For us? Um, so we have two lines: one for Tuscarawas County, and one for Carroll County. Uh, for Tuscarawas County, it's three three zero three four three one eight one one, and that's our twenty four hour a day, seven day a week number uh, for Tuscarawas County. For Carroll County, it's the same uh, service, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, that phone number is three three zero six two seven five two four zero. And in addition to those, you can go on any website. You can go to the Tuscarawas, Tusk ADC. You can go to the Adams Board, CMH, PFCS. Um, we have text for helplines, um, national, go national ahead. National suicide yeah. prevention. Yeah. Those lines are open too. And the state of Ohio also um, adopted a crisis text line because we know that the younger generation from high school to late 20s have tended to use the text line more. Um, and that's a 24-7 as well trained response. Um, and for anyone that is interested in using that, just to get some some support, that number is... 741741 and you text the number 4 hope h o p e 4 hope to 741741 perfect so you can go on any of the agency websites the tusk adc as well to find resources um, if anyone needs help real quick you just brought up the texting and the young people i just want to really quickly address this cuz i think today we've really been talking a lot about adults and kind of what we are experiencing but a uh, our young people, this might look different, um, what they're going through. And I think sometimes as adults, we might forget or diminish some of the losses they might be experiencing from proms to graduations to their high school senior pitching, you know, year when they're trying to get into colleges and stuff like that. Anything we need to be mindful about our young people? I think you really hit it. I think... It is a significant amount of loss for the young people. So exploring what's going on with you and how the loss is impacting you is something that needs to happen a lot of times in counseling. Okay. So being mindful that during this pandemic, we're all experiencing things we've not experienced before. And whether we've stopped and thought about it, losses have occurred, you know, I would say for everybody. So being mindful that, we might not be at our baseline because we're experiencing things that we've not navigated before. So if you're struggling, you know, there's some natural coping stuff y'all throw out there today. And there's also a lot of avenues for help. And, and I've been around y'all enough to know treatment works. Um, recovery is possible. Mm -hmm. And that um, we have great providers here in our county that 
agencies and persons that really care about our individuals and only want the best for our community and our community members. So I want to just say thank you guys today for coming, for speaking with us, for the work y'all do and that your colleagues do um, here in Tuscarawas County. Um, I also want to say to our viewers, you know, um, reach out if you need help, um, connect with others, um, serve others, be intentional about your connections, um, because it is so important that not only are we caring for ourselves, um, that we give ourselves a break, you know, um, drop some of those expectations like that one hour of youth TV or screen time a day, just, just kind of drop some of that and, and just care take care of ourselves and each other. So I thank you so much for the work and the resources and sharing this information today. Thank you, Jody, for thank having you. us. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you. Uh, make sure you follow us on adctest.org or on whatever you go to to grab your podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Anti-Drug Coalition podcast, a member of the Get Level Podcast Network. For more information, visit getlevelpod.com or find us on Facebook. Download our podcast shows on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you stay tuned for more great shows that are coming soon. Hey.